Hey friends, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by my friends over at Kent Cartridge. Uh, I've got a man, I've got a lot of history with this brand, going back to my college days when I was waiting tables just to fund my duck hunting addiction. That's when I first discovered Kent, and uh, I'd mess around with other brands, cheaper brands, and literally watch the pellets bounce off of greenheads. Uh, I found Kent, and I fell in love. And nothing's changed over the last 20 years except for, well, I'd say Fast Steel 2.0 is even better than the original. And Kent offers a premium shell at a sub-premium price. Check it out. It's Fast Steel 2.0. You can find it at your local retailer. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born in war, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace And let it be Christmas everywhere Let heavenly music fill the air Merry let Christmas everybody, Cable Smith Welcoming each and every one of you into episode 657 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Presented by Mossberg Firearms Thank you so much for being here today It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor To be celebrating this holiday season with you in this lifestyle that we all love and hold so dearly. Uh, so, thank you for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies. And we've got a great show lined up for you today. So, let's not waste any time. You know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that Black Rifle coffee. Out of granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos, the one with mud caked on it from duck seasons that have long come and gone, because we're ready to rock and roll. And joining us in studio today, uh, a guy who knows a thing or two about killing big whitetail bucks with his bow. Uh, he was in here about this time last year, actually, after arrowing the uh, Grayson County typical archery record. I think the buck... Scored 199 and change. Uh, just barely missed that 200-inch mark. But, yeah, Tariq Al-Khatib, is, uh, he's been up to his old tricks, having arrowed not only another Grayson County monster, uh, but he threw in a, a Collin County giant <laughs> this uh, this fall to boot. Uh, so we're going to talk rutting whitetail bucks and tactics on how to put your tag on them. So, yeah, all things whitetail deer today and then uh we'll probably you know what i mean deer season ends for most of us january 1st so hopefully you've got uh one last trip to the lease plan but after that 
man, it's going to be all about the ducks for me. And I imagine a lot of you will be uh, transitioning into waterfowl full-time here as deer season winds down. Uh, but yeah, we're talking big whitetails today. I'm excited about it. And uh, I mean, Tariq's got, actually Tariq's here, and he's got uh, both of these racks in the studio today. You can look at a picture on the website or any of my social outlets, but they are impressive, to say the least. I don't know how many inches of bone are in here, but it's a lot. Uh, okay, let's knock out a quick break. Actually, it's Christmas, y'all. Let's do a, uh, a quick giveaway. This one coming at you from our friends over at GSM Outdoors. Now, they, they own Stealth Cam, but they also recently bought Wild Game Innovations, and they've got their own line of cell cameras. This is the Encounter from Wild Game, um, which obviously sends you trail camera images right to your cell phone. It's the Encounter from Wild Game. All you need to do is email the word whitetail, since that's what we're talking today. Just whitetail to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And you're entered into today's trail camera giveaway. All right, let's knock out that break and then uh, get into some big whitetail deer right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right, I know. It's the coldest time of winter. And I shiver when I see the falling snow. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, Buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Did you know that Orvis has been family owned since its inception in 1856? Think about that. Uh, they also donate 5% back to protecting nature. Orvis and his customers have raised and donated more than $20 million to protecting nature over the past 25 years. They continue to grow a community of outdoorsmen and women with classes focused on everything from fly fishing to wing shooting and hunting dog handling from basics all the way to advanced. And don't forget about their unique fly fishing and wing shooting trips all over the world. Orvis, proudly American-made fly fishing gear since 1856. It's that time of the year where you might want to try to kick off a new year with a fitness journey. Cryo and More has all your holistic healing needs with cold therapy, heat therapy, and pressure therapy, which shortcuts the time you have to spend recovering from your workout or minimize the muscle soreness you feel from physical activity. Cryo Skin is a body hack that speeds up the death cycle of the fat cells using non-invasive technology that uses heat and cold to eliminate fat cells. Your greatest wealth is your health. Visit cryoandmore.com or head over to the location off Virginia Parkway. A matte black wrap on my old Chevy A couple tins of wintergreen underneath Underneath my tree I want a bald eagle eating apple pie Maybe sitting on my brush more Waving a big freedom motor I don't know Come on, let's go, boy! Yeah. I want five, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty
Abel Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg. Uh, that's Black Rifle's own Matt Best, uh, Redneck Christmas, bringing us back here. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. This segment is brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee company, veteran-owned and operated. They've got the roast for you and all that unapologetic American swag as well. You can find everything right there at blackriflecoffee.com and save, I think it's 10% with that promo code LONESTAR10 when you check out. Okay, uh, well, let's bring him on right now. He is here in studio with certainly more bone than uh, I harvested this year. It's my pleasure to welcome Tarif Alkatib back to the show. Great to be here. My pleasure, brother. So last time you were here was last about this time last year, probably. Yeah, close. Yeah. You had just uh, arrowed the biggest typical buck ever killed in Grayson County. Correct. Put that microphone just a little closer to your mouth there. Um, what, to remind me, what did that buck score again? A gross 199 and 5 eighths. Oh, that's right, because it almost <laughs> got one of the 200. 3 eighths short, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. he's 200. And that's also a 30 inch trout on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> 29 and a half. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, so we had to deal with some BS, though, in our yeah. counties, in Grayson, Collin. And you could throw Dallas and Rockwall into that umbrella, although I don't see the genetics coming out of those counties like we do in Collin and, and Grayson. Um, I've seen a couple nice Rockwall bucks killed. I just think there's not as many. Right. I think it's still good. There's just not as many big ones. Have you seen any any deer ever shot in Dallas County that was impressive? I actually saw a video the other day of a deer that was in Dallas County that some city worker was videoing, and it was a big t- Boone and Crockett typical buck. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I wonder whereabouts that is in Dallas Over, County. I think, around like that Trinity yeah. River area. It's got to be. Where it was. Yeah, uh-huh. that's where it was. Uh, other than that, I don't know where the habitat would be. Not Everything really is so developed. Like, yeah. Sadly, that's how our our county is getting called very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you can't stop progress. But even my son, who's nine, um, will be driving around. He's like, oh, "We used to dove hunt in that field. <laughs> yeah. Now it's an industrial office building. You know. Oh yeah. An eyesore, which I liked when we moved here." Dude, there's there's so many just open fields. It was oh all down one twenty one going to DFW. Mm-hmm. I mean that's all it was. Yeah, yeah. Three eighty is the same way now. Like it's yeah. used to be a nice drive. There's still that one big farm though right there off of the Dallas Toll Road in three eighty. Oh yeah, area. have you ever seen oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I've duck hunted there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that thing is going to be like I duck hunted there, and the guy told me that the the landowner he died, older guy, uh, that. He set it up so where his kids can't break it up and sell it off. That's good. <laughs> but you know the tollway wants that property. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. S- sitting on billions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bull crap, though, was that we had really to get dirty and, and fight off this uh, proposed introduction of rifle seasons yep. in those counties. And I'm all for hunter opportunity, like 100%. But... People are like, well, why, why would you say you don't want rifles? Well, because we, number one, we didn't have rifles to begin with. If you said, hey, we have rifle seasons, now we're trying to take it away, I'd fight you tooth and nail for that. Correct. But when you try to, we have a very special thing in these counties. 
and it's archery only. It's been archery only. Uh, we didn't have Grayson had started their season. I think it was in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have a season until two thousand twelve. Twelve, I believe. Yeah, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and when we got those archery only seasons, it was because the deer population had come back to where they were warranted. Yeah. Like the first thing that's going to happen if you introduce rifle seasons is, okay, now we're going to knock all these numbers down to where, why do we even bother having a deer season? Yeah. And these two deer that you've brought in today, we'll talk about how old they are in a little (laughs) bit. That ain't happening anymore. No. And if they don't get old, they aren't going to get massive. There was uh, a hearing in Sherman and 95% of the turnout was against introducing the uh, rifle seasons. Yeah, actually, probably 99.9. Was it was I against, think out of right. the like 388 people, there was one person that finally stood up and said, well, I'm for the rifle. And, right. Uh, I think he got ran out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, you know, and I had um, our Texas Parks and Wildlife Whitetail Program leader, Alan Kane, on. Yep. All this came out and... Uh, you know, he's, he said, you know, we, th- we think that it's warranted, blah, blah, blah. And I like Alan. We're friends. He's been on the yeah. show a lot of times over the years. Although I don't know if he'd come back on now after, <laughs> after that, because I was in, in subsequent podcasts after that, I was pretty, it's black and white for me. Yeah. It, the science doesn't say that we need to introduce rifle seasons. We are developing all this land. Faster facts. Right. And yeah. so the, the deer numbers are only going to go one way and it's down. Yeah. And so we want to kill them off with rifles? Like, uh, show me show me where scientifically we need to do that. Well, it turns out there was a, uh, a guy in Grayson County who owns a big patch of land. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to control his herd in a, inside a high fence. Correct. With rifles. Yeah. Maybe he wanted to sell hunts. It doesn't matter to me what he wanted to do. Yeah. But... He knew a guy on the commission board, and that guy was like, well, we can get this fixed for you. And I yeah. forgot that guy's name, but it's public record. I, we've said it before. Uh, and then, you know, goes to Texas Parks and Wildlife, and they're like, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. But the bow hunters of those four counties came out in droves and were like, actually, that is a problem for us. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah, it didn't even actually make it to the Mm-mm. to the commission. No, yeah. so they, that, that uh, public comment period yes. or meeting in Grayson County, the the – overwhelming response against the yes. rifle season just texas parks and wildlife just gave up like, yeah we're not even going to talk about it yeah yeah and, th- and that was good because i mean if the people if that's what the people want then why not let them have what they want right not the majority mm-hmm. anyways um so we got that defeated um and we talked yeah that would just be the first thing to go away would be the age the age structure of bucks. Of course, yeah. You know, we shoot mature bucks here. Um, I've hunted, I had one season where I bow hunted religiously here, and then, dude, for 20 acres, it was $5,000. And yeah. the headache of dealing with, and I've documented on the show, neighbors, dogs, hot air balloons, oh, yeah. guys coming over the fence from the neighboring golf course, walking up to my feeder with their husky, looking at it like, what is this, a spaceship or something? He didn't even yeah. know what it was. He he takes the lid off the feeder and looks in it. I'm like, yeah. that's the type of crap you have to deal with. Scraping the corn out of it. It's like hand. urban bow hunting. Yeah, uh, can be can be worth it though. Oh yeah, uh, but um, looks like you're tagged out though for for Colin, Colin and, and Grayson, Grayson. Yeah, because we're both those are both one buck counties. Correct. And I think there's like 350 inches of bone in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> you brought the racks <laughs> of each of them. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, about these monsters 
And let's let's go with the one that you killed first, the the Grayson County deer. How wide is this buck? Uh, he's right at just over twenty five inches inside. Uh, he's at twenty five and an eighth. Jeez, dude. So inside spread. And he is a what is he? He's yeah, mainframe eight point. He's got a couple uh, extras and two drop tines. Yeah. And this deer was how old? He was nine and a half. And how do you know that? A lot of history. You know, let's give or take a year. Yeah. Okay, even if he was eight and a half. And how long okay. did you have this property? Um, I got that property in 17, and I had him since 17. Uh-huh. And he was on old, camera. You could tell he was like, well, yeah, well, so, he'd been four or something. Yeah, else. I mean, even at in 17, I was like, that deer's got potential. And then the following year, he really blew up. And But I just always had something else I was wanting to go after. And always stayed kind of. You know, I like them nasty looking, you know, uh -huh. not real clean, but he was just so clean. And uh, so that didn't really interest me a whole lot, even though he was big. Yeah. And I said, if he ever grows some drop tons, I'll go after him. And then sure enough, here we are, uh, 2022, and he grew two drop tons. So he damn sure did grow <laughs> a couple drop yeah. tons, yeah. which so you knew this deer and he had never grown drop times before. No. It's interesting that. It, at such an advanced age, he's throwing on extras. You know, I've noticed that it seems like, especially Grayson and Colin, I mean, as the age really gets there, um, of course, the mass, I mean, the mass on that deer is unbelievable. Um, I think it's like 36 inches in mass right there. And then um, they just seem to get nasty, you know, grow some nasty mm. points. And I mean, like I said, that, that first drop time there, between the the brow tine and the g2 was right at nine inches and then the other one i think was five something so mm -hmm. big drop tons on him if that deer was let's say on my deer lease in benjamin texas four mm -hmm. hours west of here that deer's getting shot at four and a half. Oh, he would have been for sure five I mean, and a half max like the, yeah. i we have mature we a mature deer on our on our place is five and a half years old yeah and they're not under every tree we have tons of young deer yes uh and this is my first year on it I just showed you a picture of a nice eight point that I would shoot. I think that deer is four and a half or five and a half years old. Yeah. And I and I, if he walks out, I'm smoking him. Yeah. You, you know why? We're not we're not trying to carry bucks to nine and a half years old. Well, it's impossible. To. Right. But if it's archery only, yeah, it helps. It's yeah. harder to kill him. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at four and a half, that deer was. I think he was a nine. Had nine scoreable points. He had. Uh, he's always had a split on one of his twos, and. I mean, I think he was mid fifties as a pretty much an eight point. I yeah. mean, that's a giant frame oh, deer. So. I always say the Holy Grail, and I don't know if you've shot an eight point that went one fifty. I haven't, but that would be like yeah. I like clean. You like yeah, trash. Yeah. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I like a white tailed deer to look like it didn't come out of a high fence. Yeah, yeah. Not that yeah. I'm against it. I mean, that's there's a high yeah, fence yeah. deer in here, but uh, I like I like a nice eight or ten point. And a 158 point is that means you've got length, you've oh, got mass. You got That's a, frame. a special deer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't interest you. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. And you know, it's just because I had something else that I was really interested in. Yeah. Um, but even if there wouldn't have been, I still I could see the potential and the jump that he did. I would want to. I would have wanted him to make it at least one more year. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think six and a half is when they really start. You start seeing their potential here, yeah. anyways. Well, and you know that buck that I've I've shown you, and that I was hunting last year on my Clay County place. He he disappeared, but uh, in 2020 he was like a uh, probably a mid 140s deer that looked mature. 
we had no history with him. He just showed up. And then last fall, he was back before ghosting us right before rifle season. I think he got poached, but he blew up to you know a high 170s, low 180s buck as a mainframe 10, which is just an astronomical jump. So maybe he was right there that, uh, you know, making that six and a half year old jump to a, to a one eighties class deer. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and, uh, hear a little bit more about these North Texas archery giants. That segment brought to you by all seasons, feeders and blinds. Check out the 300 pounds stand and fill. Maybe you're on a, a 20 acre lease like uh, Tarif, one of Tarif's property. I think it was even smaller than that. But you don't need a big feeder. Just a, a little 300-pounder will do. And uh, here's the cool thing. You don't need a truck or a ladder. You just you just stand there and fill it up. It's the Stand and Fill. You can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at Go Wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt, fish, and cook their wild game. I also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers Finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey, folks, this is Zane Williams here to thank you for listening to my buddy Cable Smith on the Lone Star Outdoors show and also want to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Hunting, y'all. And it's amazing how when we're holding him all the light and the joy and the hope we'd lost come rushing back in somehow Christmas feels like Christmas again one of my favorites there from Zane Williams bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms Cable Smith riding shotgun with you as always thanks so much for being here uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by NUMA Outdoors and the Selkirk Pant and Jacket. As we transition out of fall and then really into the heart of winter, temperatures are dropping. That's why you need to check out the Selkirk. It is wind resistant, but also uh, very insulated, keeps you nice and warm. 
And you can find it at numaoutdoors.com. Okay, well, let's continue talking big bucks here with Tarif Alkatib, who was uh, nice enough to come by the studio with these two monster bucks that he's, uh, well, he's tagged out in Grayson and Collin County. Um, what I did want to ask you, because before the break, we were talking about the uh, advanced age of these deer, you know, eight and a half to 10 and a half years old. And I wanted to, to get your take on whether at that age, do they get smarter or less involved, you know, a less willing combatant when it comes to fighting and, and really participating in that element of the rut? I think so. I think they're less active in the rut, and mm-hmm. I just think they um, they don't roam near as much. So the area that they are in and kind of dominate is – it's, it's like they kind of rule that and they know, and so there's less competition for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that second deer, he just was he, – he's thin-tined, heavy, main beans, but just thin-tined. But um, I actually witnessed him not last year, the year before. Um, I was hunting a different buck that I ended up killing, a 172, and I watched them walk by each other. They were the same age at that time, so eight and a half years old. I watched them walk by each other within 20 yards of each other, and they didn't even look at each other. And this is in the middle of the rut. They acted like neither one existed. Hmm. Kind of like looked the other way and kept going. Like we've been doing and this song and dance for years. Yes. We're, we're, and, and it we're was, old and we're good. I remember sitting in the stand thinking not many people probably get to witness two deer of that age structure just walk by each other like that on the same property. Right. You know, at one time. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and so the Grayson County Buck, how big was that property? That property's a little over 600 and something acres, that, that particular property, but a bunch of it's really open. There's a creek that runs through it, and, and there's cattle on it, too. So it's a cattle farm. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that deer lived there. He lived the from the first time I seen him in 17, he lived there. He would leave the property for a time, um, and then he would show back up, you know, just but briefly. Like, he was, he was always a very, seemed like, Day, I'm going to put it not killable daylight active deer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and he what? And he was this year. He, you know, I had him. I had him. He shed out and watched him grow. And then, like they always kind of do on the places I have, as soon as they shed that velvet, they kind of leave. And then when he popped back in, for some reason, the deer numbers on that property had really dropped. And uh, I said, "Man, there's not going to be much to hold that deer in here." But this is his home, and so. He kind of shown up really the day that I killed him is when he kind of showed up. So, so that, was that the back. first sit of the season for him? It was my second sit, but my first serious set saying, I'm going in to target this deer, and that's what I'm going to do. The first set was kind of just, hey, I'm going to get some footage, you know, get familiar with that stand. I'd never sat in it before. And, uh, you know, hey, if he comes by, he comes by. But, but, that when I went in there to kill him, it was my first sit particularly saying, Hey, I think I could kill this deer today. Mm -hmm. And so describe like you've had this property for a while. Mm -hmm. You've you've certainly figured it out. Um, what is the, when you get a property like that and you're, you're bow hunting only, what are you looking for? Like, where am I putting my stands? I don't know if you put feet, I'm sure you put a feeder somewhere, but yeah, I, I do have, uh, and and believe it or not, on that property, there's really only one feed station there. But um, where I killed this deer is, I mean, it's just a natural pinch for them. 
there's a highway and a giant creek and uh and it all slopes downhill and uh i mean they really have no choice but to walk i would say within 60 yards of where i'm set up Mm -hmm. you know so if you set up in the right spot of course there was a couple scrapes through there and if you set up in the right spot i mean they're just they kind of almost have no choice but to walk by you but um i mean this deer he i fed him he he come to feed all year i mean in texas if you don't feed your deer are going to somebody else's property right feed yeah you're putting yourself at a disadvantage yeah. yeah but i really changed my strategies this year too and and uh well actually the last couple of years and getting off of that feed when you when when you need to is is very beneficial because if you just set over a feeder it's just you're you're really decreasing your chances in my opinion mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. well and i just showed you a buck that uh, my buddy and i have on our little 200 acres in oklahoma nice eight point yeah. maybe high 130s maybe 140 who knows but that deer i have the one video of him in the feed pen mm-hmm but he's chasing a doe. Mm-hmm. And then we have another, uh, and that's that's in the hardwoods. That, yeah. that intentionally, we put that one there. And then we have another one kind of out on the edge of a pasture where there's woods where they can come out and feel comfortable. But dude, that deer didn't go to that feeder. No. Yeah, I, I, I see, I get videos of that deer walking around the feed pen that's in the woods. And I think there might be one nighttime photo of him in that other one. Yeah. He didn't go. like. The young deer show up, and it's just the same thing. My yeah. other, the it keeps your does around too, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. But I had a guy ask me the other day about being successful, and I said, well, "How do you hunt? What do you do?" He said, "Well, you know, I I got a feeder set up," and I said, "Do you always hunt there?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "In a twenty-four hour period, how long do you think that deer is there? Let's say late summer, feeding hard. How long do you think that deer is there? Ten, fifteen minutes?" I said, "Well, what do you think he's doing the other twenty-three hours?" and so many minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I said, he ain't just sitting in one spot, not moving. I said, you have to think outside the box, get off of that feed sometimes. And, uh, that, that's where cameras really can come into play to help you mm-hmm. out too, is find what they're doing, where they're going. And the, and the, I mean, deer, especially during the rut, they're not just laid up all day. Right. They're moving, they're searching. And so, um, you said at that feeder, I just, you're really decreasing your chances in my opinion. Well, unless the deer's coming in every day. Yeah, I mean, unless you got it patterned, it's coming to this feeder yeah. every day before dark or or right after sunlight, whatever. Yeah, you know. But um, but yeah. Other than that, I mean, and there's some deer that are just so feeder shy. You know, I mean, they just don't like feeders, don't come around feed. So, it, I mean, it just depends. But like particularly where I shot this deer was just, I mean, it's a natural funnel where they have to come through there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I said, I have so many videos of this deer. I knew where he was going to be coming from. I was going to see him before he jumped the fence. He was going to jump the fence. And, and it, I mean, it just happened, and, and it may just be by luck, but it happened exactly like what I thought it would, would do just based off of my history with him and trail camera video and, and all of that. It He did what I wanted him to do. So I'm sure you've experienced this too, and you've hunted archery-only counties a lot more than me, but um, the buck, the biggest – Archery buck I've killed was like a 142 in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That deer would come to hand corn. It would not come to a yeah. to a spin cast feeder. Yeah, I would. So I, I so I actually took the feeder out and just started hand corning. I had another feeder up the hill. You know, yeah. you could literally see it from from where I ended up putting up the pop up. But he would he would only come to yeah. hand corn. And then that deer that I was chasing in Collin County that was mid 170s uh, buck 
that deer avoided the feeder, like yeah. the plague. And that was on 20 acres. And so yeah. I knew when he was on there most of the time, he would skirt that feeder. There's yeah. no way he was ever at that. He never ate there. Yeah. Know, ever. Not one time. Yeah. And there's just, you know, these Collin County bucks, they get that big because they're that old oh, yeah. because they're smart. And maybe they had a bad experience at a feeder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, really play in the wind and get on the downwind side of that stuff, especially during the rut, because they don't need to eat. Yeah. Like they don't, it's, they're not like us. They don't need to eat, you know, three meals a day, yeah. especially during the rut. So, I mean, you're sitting over that feed. I mean, he don't have to come there. Right. You know, so yeah. he's got other things on his mind. Let's be realistic about scent control because I, I mean, when I first started bow hunting, you know, I read all the magazines, I interviewed yeah. all the people, and, you know, yeah. invested in the products and dude, I don't do any of that anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't care because I just, if the wind's not right, I just don't mess with it. Yeah. I think scent control is the biggest thing as a bow hunter. And if you want to kill a mature deer is it has to be paid attention before anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, get dressed in the bed of my truck um, early season. I dang near going in and just my underwear, just about, mm-hmm. you know, getting dressed at, when I get there, just, I mean, scent control. I mean, I would rather a big deer see me than smell me. Mm-hmm. I think they smell you. You're that's it. It's yeah. over. Um, well, that's what happened with that that yeah. deer, the, that one that I was chasing here. I was in the pop up. Yeah. All the other deer, you know, I had it set up to where it funneled into the the city had a, a cut a cutaway for their trucks for yeah. something they were doing through Jerry's property, and the other deer would the the pop up was set so that they're gonna walk in front of you. They're gonna funnel down the the game trail. Yeah. They're gonna come out into the open into that uh, right away where the, the trucks could drive through. This deer, no, he walked through the thick thickest stuff right behind my pop-up and it was before legal shooting time i think i remember you saying yeah. that yeah and that deer was you. never on that property again when i yeah. was on there yeah you get pictures of him occasionally but not when i was there yeah so sent the day i actually killed that second one i put a video up i forgot my boots mm. i was wearing crocs oh, yeah so I, i'm in the bed of the truck realized i forgot my boots soaked my socks down everything you know so you killer. do spray yeah i do use scent killer okay. and stuff and, uh, but I'm always running those onyx. I run my clothing through those onyx. Uh-huh. And, um, but yeah, uh, when I first seen him, I was like, he's going to smell my feet. Even though I knew the wind was great. Yeah. I was like, I was just thinking that in my head, he's going to smell my feet. Now I did. And our mutual friend, Chad, who's killed yeah. a big buck or two in his day. Uh, he told me, you know, about the footwear is the most, like going in and yes. out on a small place like that, Yeah. which the second deer you killed was on 18 acres yeah. uh, of this season. Now I was putting, you know, estrus or something mm-hmm. on the bottoms of my boots when I would walk in, yeah. so that he, you know, he wouldn't smell where I had been, or at yeah. least try to cover that up. But it, like spraying down and all that stuff, I just don't know if, if that if that stuff really works or not. Yeah, you know, and I'm real big on I want to smell like nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to smell like that stuff that they have that's like the autumn and it smells like dirt. Well, right. How do we know that that's what they like? It mm-hmm. smell like you know, so. I'm real big on rubber boots. My boots are never in my truck. They're in the bed of the truck. Um, and just, I try to stay as clean as possible. Everything as clean as I can. Always showering uh, before I go hunt. You know, and when I sit all day, I kind of, I'm like, man, I've been here all day. You know, I probably have some kind of odor on me and I get paranoid. But I, I think scent control is the number one thing. But if the wind is have. right, is it that important? 
if the if you know the wind is perfect that day, this is this is my question. Exactly. That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. Like, yeah, if the wind is blowing in your face and you know the deer is coming from the downwind, uh, upwind side of you, yeah, is it really that important? They can't smell <laughs> if the wind is blowing the I, scent away I from still them. Think it is though, because that's paranoia never, or is that reality? I, because I don't think you can ever bet on. Yeah, hey, I know this is where they're going to come from, but then next thing you know, he shows he shows up and he didn't come from there. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you know. So, like I said, I run an Ozonics even in the tree. I run my clothes to the Ozonics closet before I go, and uh, I mean, I just I want to be scent free. Well, I mean, the the proof's in the pudding. You're killing big deer. So, hey, guess what? If it's wrong, it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. The way I look at it is, if you every little detail, whether people think i'm crazy or not if it's not hurting why not do it right you know right. so I, I mean i admit that, that year that i was bow hunting only I, I hunted harder than i ever had hunted more sat my ass in the stand more days than i ever yeah. had and i did use like uh scentless um detergent yeah and soap and stuff like that um but i never i didn't have an ozonics yeah and Man, I don't know. Maybe it might have made a difference when I was in that pop up, but he was he was like ten yards behind me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's I that's close range. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's knock out a quick break. We'll come back and uh, hear exactly how. Well, the, we'll start with the Grayson County hundred and eighty some odd inch buck met his end. Uh, that segment brought to you by Vortex Optics. Did you know I can save you ten percent off of any Vortex glass or rangefinder? That's right. You just head over to eurooptic.com. They carry every skew from Vortex. And uh, you use that promo code LONESTAR10, save you 10% on any Vortex optic. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Wrap your present to your darling from you. Time to tell you about Protect products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. I'm leaving Santa Lone Star. Hey, Santa, thanks for working so hard. Hey, Santa, I know you travel so far. Hey, Santa. That's a very own Songbird Jones. Leaving Santa 
Lone Star, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Merry Christmas to you. Cable Smith here, as always. Thanks for dropping by today, as we are still talking big whitetail bucks with our old pal, Tarif Alcatib, and we will continue that conversation momentarily. This segment, though, brought to you by SCI. The 2023 convention is going down February 22nd through the 25th in Nashville, Tennessee. I'll be there for the duration. Hope to see you as well as the entire hunting community from around the globe converges in Nashville for the hunting event of the year. So uh, make plans to attend. I will see you there. For more info, head over to safariclub.org. And with that being said, let's get back into it with Tarif. Okay, let's talk about the well. So when this buck came in, the the and what did he score? This one that's November fifth, uh, and he ended up being one eighty four and two eights. Wow, yeah, dude, monster. Yeah, nine and a half years old, and so he. How far away was he when you shot him? Twenty two yards, quartering away. Um, like Perfect. I said all self filmed, um, which is something you just started doing. Yes, correct uh-huh. for uh, Team Two Hundred. And I mean, when I saw that arrow go in, I mean, I just, as he ran and I saw the exit side, I mean, I knew he was bought and paid for, mm-hmm. but I didn't hear him or see him go down. And, uh, this was actually on the property where I lost the big two over 200 inch typical, which if any of y'all that, listened that went to the river <laughs> last year. Yeah. That, uh, and what did you do? You bumped him, didn't you? Yeah. I gave him a little over an hour and I, I bumped him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he went in the river and never saw him. Got again. swept away. Yep. And it rained a lot. Oh yeah, the river was up and out of its banks by about you know twenty feet on each side. Yeah. So <sighs> I had a deja vu moment when I went to tracking him. <laughs> How long did you give him? He, uh, I gave him an hour and a half to two hours, uh-huh. and like I said, I knew it was good and started tracking him, and he went down to the river in this same exact spot. I lost that deer. Really? And I saw the blood going into the water. And uh, I'm shining my light across. I'm like, okay, he couldn't have went up that. He couldn't have went up that. Okay, hey, he walked down a ways. And tried to walk down, didn't see anything. And we're only about maybe 100 yards into the track. And I kind of shine my light at an angle back across. And my, my brother's with me. And I see the eye. I mean, he made it 20 yards on the other side and was laid up. Of the so, river? Yeah. He yeah, crossed he the river. He crossed it. Being lethally shot like mm-hmm. that, uh, got both lungs. And uh, he crossed it, which it was about thigh high, mm-hmm. and he crossed it, and uh, he made it about twenty yards onto the other side and was laid over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you had to cross the river. Yeah, we got wet. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool recovery. Um, yeah. That that was all filmed and stuff. It's gonna be. My brother's like, "Well, how are you gonna get it across?" I said, "Well, you're gonna walk over there with me, and we're gonna drag him across." Right. And I was like, "Dude, I'll uh, I'll wash your clothes for you." <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. Um, okay, so what what is Team Two Hundred? Team Two Hundred is the owner uh, is Adam Hayes, the owner and producer. Which Adam Hayes, uh, I've always looked at him like the Tom Brady of deer hunting mm-hmm. uh, in the whitetail world. He's from Ohio. He's killed four free range two hundred over two hundred inch deer, and uh, there's just been a lot of big names on that team. It's all hunters from kind of around. There's a couple from Kansas. We got some from Kansas. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Iowa, um, guy from New Jersey. And, uh, so just guys that like big bucks and free range and, uh, and 
film yourself and kind of you know, some guys have camera guys with them sometimes but i mean it's about team 200 is not about the 200 inch deer mm-hmm. okay it's about taking the most mature buck in your area is what it's truly about mm-hmm. is taking the most mature animal but um yeah it's uh been it's been really cool to talk to some of those guys you're talking guys that's done it a lot longer than me and some of the guys that's even left the team joe miles is one of them the the uh, owner and founder of osseo gear and uh so i mean just it's guys that's been there and done that and they're really good at it Mm -hmm. and so i've learned a lot and so man i was very fortunate enough to join the team back late this summer so right on so was there a learning curve as far as self-filming oh of course and like i said it's turned out good for me yeah and uh but you know the day not the day before i killed that second deer the day before that the day before it rained all day i had him come in on me that evening and was 15 yards but low lot no camera lot yeah and so you got to be able to make that decision Hey, is this worth shooting on camera or not? <laughs> and uh, for me, you know, that's what the show's about. You know, people want to see it. So, um, and, and you know, and, and it probably wasn't the perfect conditions anyways. He was kind of back behind me. It would have been a tough shot. It, You know, it would have been a tough shot and yeah. not been good camera lot, even though it was still legal lot. But so I backed off and sure enough, my next time in, I mean, perfect lot, 4.37 p.m. is when he come through. So, mm. but uh the camera has helped me in one way. It takes your mind off of getting buck fever because really? you got other things you're working on. Yeah. Believe it or not, like you're worried about running the camera and turn this on and you get less involved in staring at the thing coming in, getting all drove up. So Dude, I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I don't film. I have filmed myself in the past, like uh, this bear that's back here. Shot yeah. in Alberta with a with shot that one with a rifle. I also shot a, another one with a bow on that trip, and I filmed those. Yeah, those bears are sitting there bait. It's not yeah. the same thing as a white-tailed deer that's this as so wary of an animal. I don't want to screw it up, you know. So mm. when yeah. I was chasing that that big buck in Collin County, uh, there was no way you could have paid yeah. me to take a camera in there. I was like, no, yeah. well, I'm going to screw it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's that you're saying it helps. I'm, I'm thinking that adds an, a degree of difficulty. It does. It does. Mm. It's very difficult. You almost, you're having to kill it twice. Think of it that way. Mm. And, uh, not to mention the first buck, I got three camera angles. I was able to get everything turned on, set up good. The second buck, cause it was so wet. But you I got just, three camera angles. Yeah. I got three camera angles of the first one. So I'll show them to you here. In a so little. how do you set that up? So I had a, uh, I have a GoPro that was kind of watching me mm-hmm. and then a bow mounted camera. And then of course my big 4k Canon that I oh, was okay. uh, filming with so right on. three right different on. cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to add one more camera next year. I'm going to try to get a good GoPro angle of where I hope the shot to take place right. and try to get like a ground level view too. See, but if it actually, if you actually get that footage, then I'm like, yeah, you don't need all that sync control stuff. <laughs> he, he did exactly what you thought he was going to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's right, but. but the one time he walks behind your pop-up, then you never see him again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about this uh, nine and a half year old buck that went double drop time, uh, scored in the one eighties. This other one, I mean, it's not even fair to him, to no. this other buck to be sitting by this guy. Yeah. Because this is like a hundred and sixty something inch deer. Uh what is he, a mainframe ten? Mainframe twelve, yeah. Mainframe twelve. Yeah. And he looks I mean he doesn't look small, but he just he doesn't look I mean he's 
if he wouldn't have fair. broke off that other time, he would have been right at one seventy one or uh-huh. so. Yeah. So, but it's all about frame. People, it's just it's about frame. The, my record buck last year, you hold him to this other ten point I shot, and the ten point dwarfs him just because his frame's so big. So yeah, you know. Yeah. So what was your history with this buck? And this is the one you killed on eighteen acres. Correct. In yeah, Collin County. Collin County, and uh, like I said, ten and a half years old. The oh, he's ten and a half. Ten and a half years old. Oh, wow. Ten and a half year old buck. Um, let's give or take a year. Right. Either way. Uh-huh. Um, behind the ears, twenty six inches uh, around the neck. There. I mean, just giant body deer, mm-hmm. and a huge head. Just. I mean, it was amazing to see how big his body was, but. His biggest rack was in 2018. He was actually an eight by nine. Oh, wow. And uh, typical. Always kind of had the shorter tons and uh, real heavy main beams, bases like he's got. But um, that deer has never made it through a season, usually without just demolishing his rack. He so usually he's a has brawler. Nothing. Yeah, he usually has nothing left. Uh-huh. You know, by the time uh, mid November gets there, I mean, he looks like nothing. So, um, was amazed that he kept everything that he had this year. Yeah. So, so this was your number one buck in Collin County this year. He was my there. There was another one I was wanting to target, but he kind of disappeared in September, and mm. uh, and he would have been cracking the one ninety mark, maybe t- pushing two hundred. Huh. But uh, September disappeared, and uh, you know it's not about the score sometimes, you know. Um, well, the history with the deer, yeah, you, you know. know. Well, also, you use the word killable. Like, yeah, of course. If he, if the one nineties, hundred percent nocturnal, and this yeah. deer isn't, then yeah. Know. I mean, if they're both standing there in front of me at the same time, yeah, I'm gonna pick the bigger one, you right. know. But, uh, and, and that other deer was super mature. No, no history with him, so don't really know a for sure age, but definitely super mature. But, um, I mean, this deer, even if he had been one forty this year. I mean, I would have targeted him. Uh, just mm. the history with him and how old he was. I mean, he was for sure my target. So, in this place, you've had for a long time. Then, I've only had this place uh, four years. So you had this him on a different place, place before that. This yeah, year. he was on the property kind of next to it that I still have okay. permission to hunt. Right. On. But when I got this other stuff, I found that that's where he was living. That's uh-huh. where he was living. Right. So. So he was living on the 18 acres? Living in that small core area, yeah. Yeah. Because on, on my other place, I would just get him periodically, kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. very often, but he wasn't staying in there, you know, so. Mm. And so when what day did you? Shot him November the 27th. Okay. And this one, you the bigger one you shot on November 4th, you said? 5th. 5th. Yeah. Pre-rut. And this one is kind of towards the end of wind, a rut's winding down, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he was with a doe, um, but I just didn't see that hardcore rut action this year mm. on any of my places that you typically kind of see. It's kind of just trinkled through there, you know. But he was with a doe, and I mean, he was full blown with her. Like he was, she was probably standing for him because I mean, she wasn't letting, she wasn't like edgy or anything like they normally are with him. So. Mm. And so he's still taking part of the uh, yeah. the breeding oh, process yeah. at, at that 10, 10 and a half, nine and a half, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was crazy because when she come through, I mean, when I, when I seen her, I knew 
hey, he's he's got across my face here, and the wind was absolutely perfect. But to hear, you know, when they're just kind of standing there, and she kind of comes, and he lets her get about 20, 25 yards, and, and just that, that grunt he let out was just – you never hear that kind of grunt, just that mm. old, deep, grunt like it was real soft like he wasn't just you know just real low-key just sounded awesome and then uh he did it again kind of right before he got into my shooting lane so and i can't remember if we talked about rattling or grunting last year but do you do a lot of that yeah i I will do it but i don't get full-blown real involved in the rattling a lot uh-huh. and the bad thing i learned a hard lesson on that deer last year the record deer because when you start calling to them they know where you are. And they're going to come in on the downwind side of that. Yeah. They're going to try to approach from downwind. So unless you're set up where they can't get downwind of you, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got something good backed up behind you where you know, hey, they're not going to circle around there, then, yeah, hey, call to them. But if they can get the wind on you, a mature buck is going to come downwind. What if you're hunting, say, because we do have a tree stand on our Oklahoma place like this. Uh, there's a pasture, then here's the woods, and our tree stand is like on the edge of the woods, looking into the woods. So the pasture's behind you. Would you expect the deer to make that loop? I in, wouldn't think they would. Like in, out into the open? No, no, no. I, I wouldn't think they would. Like I'm saying, right. if I was backed up against something like that, or so a just pasture behind creek, you. Yeah, yeah. Then I would feel safe. I just don't think they're gonna do that. Yeah. And, and I think you can get away with calling to them to a lot more in a wooded area because they can't see what's there as easy like if you're in the wide open and you call to them and they don't see anything it's not really going to pique their curiosity as much mm-hmm. so if you're in a thicker area i mean they're going to have to get in closer range of you to try to determine what's there so that makes a big difference too you didn't have to call or, or do anything to either one i of tried these. to the the morning the day before i killed him uh-huh. uh the the second one but because i saw him and he just started kind of beeline to my south and I knew there was a smaller buck already over there. I mean, he was wearing a tree out. So I thought, hey, he's being aggressive this morning. Started calling to him. Next thing I know, that little buck had a doe pinned up kind of over there. He he stole his girl. And, I mean, they just – there was no calling to him then. I mean, he was on her. I mean, yeah. it didn't matter what was going on. He wasn't going to leave her. So originally I tried to call to him because I thought it was just another buck over there. But when I saw that there was a doe, there was no getting him off of her. So. Mm-hmm. So how many days did you hunt the second, the, the other deer? I would say I set probably maybe seven or eight times maybe for him uh-huh. that I sit for him. All day sets or do you? I did one all day set the two days before I, sh- I killed him. All day sits are sometimes mentally taxing. It is, but I seen him yeah. that morning and that evening. So that was, makes it know, a little easier. Yeah, yeah. And, and plus that area where I'm at, there, there's a lot of midday movement and stuff. And, I mean, there's very likely for them to come by you mm. in midday. So, to me, when I seen him that morning, I would have been doing more damage by trying to walk back in that evening than just staying in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared for an all-day set. Like, I had no food. No food. <laughs> so, it was rough. So, here's another thing. And there's different schools of thought when it comes to relieving yourself when you're in a tree stand, you're, you're already said how anal you are about your scent control. I, dude, I've read the studies. I've, Dr. Deer would even say within 10 minutes of you taking a leak, 
deer can't tell if it's from a human or from another deer or from a cow or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad you just asked that because last year, um, before I shot that record deer, I mean, I had to go and I just went right off the stand. Right. And I'm talking, I don't even hardly get set back down in the small buck that he ran off literally walked probably right through it underneath me. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think P is P. I mean, right. now I, you just ate a bunch of garlic or something the night before or asparagus or something. It may be yeah. different, but I, I don't think that it's like, oh my gosh, that's a human's pee. Right. I, I don't think they think that. Yeah. Well, maybe if they, they could smell it initially, but it dissipates yeah. within, yes. like I said, within 10 minutes. Yeah. They don't, they can't tell the difference. Yeah. No, I've never had a problem doing that. Yeah. And uh, so I'm not saying drop a deuce behind your, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or out of the, just do the orangutan hang out yeah, of the yeah. tree stand. But, but no, I mean, you know, you're going to do more damage by getting down and trying to walk off somewhere than just, you know, going right off the stand. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I've never had a problem doing that. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, everyone has their own take. Like, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if I'm in a pop up, I'll pee in a bottle because yeah. I don't, no, yeah. because I don't want to make a scene, like commotion of getting out. I'm not peeing in the pop up where yeah, I'm yeah. sitting. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just carry a big, you yeah. know, I mean, big like extra large you know yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no I've, for obvious I've, reasons no uh, I, I, you know i haven't hung uh, out of ground blind in a long time but i used to do the same thing you know take yeah. me a big gatorade bottle in there mm -hmm. so. um because you don't want to unzip it and have to get out and all yeah. that stuff yeah um okay so then you got this one on film too yes both of them then was that uh there wasn't a situation where you're like oh i gotta i'm gonna have to wait because the lighting isn't good. No, um, like I said, um, you, you only, killed him in the morning or afternoon? Both of them in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah, uh, and like I said, four thirty-seven on that second one. This the first one was a good forty-five minutes before uh, dark. You know, mm. so I mean there was good light and stuff. But uh, I was able to make the recovery on the second one in daylight. Still, I mean, when I hit him, it's pure center punch heart, and uh, it looked like a grenade went off on his side. Like it was. I mean, I'll show you the video. As soon as I let it go, I'm like, he's done. He's done. <laughs> I mean, it's just pumping out, you know, so. Oh, yeah. The crime scene looking recoveries are always my favorite. And, uh, yeah, we'll find out which broadhead, mechanical or fixed blade, and, and what model is responsible for that carnage after the break. That segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the MC2SC. That's uh, Mossberg's Everyday Carry 9mm, and it comes in single or double stacked. You can find it at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. This holly, the kids are gung-ho. True love finds a kiss beneath fresh mistletoe. Some families are messed up while others are fine. If you think yours is crazy, well, you should see mine. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then 3 Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide Scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. 
In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. It was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then he sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away that's the Pogues Fairy Tale of New York, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for dropping by and sharing part of the Christmas season with me. I appreciate it immensely. We're still talking big whitetail bucks here today, and this segment is brought to you by the Armasite Contractor Thermal Rifle Scope. I just got one, and although I honestly don't know all the nuances yet, I've only used it a couple times. Uh, the clarity, the functionality, and how user-friendly this thing is have really blown me away. And I was able to zero it in three shots. So that was pretty cool as well. Never happens, right? Uh, but yeah, check it out. It's the contractor, and you can find it at armasite.com. All right, uh, well, let's get back into it with Tarif Alkatib, our big buck killing buddy from here in North Texas. For someone that has killed as many big deer as you, people probably want to know if you're using fixed blades or mechanicals. Fixed blades, 100%. Uh, my man. Yeah. I've never shot an animal with a mechanical. I've yeah. shot them at pr- practicing, yeah. but I'm just like, there's too much can go wrong. Yeah. And I also use the same setup for elk as I do for whitetail. Mm-hmm. I want to be consistent. I don't, I'm don't. i not a real big tinkerer. I yeah. want to change yeah. my setup. And I would never shoot a mechanical at an elk. No, like it's I, too many horror stories. No, nah, I'm fixed blade 100. percent And you know, a bunch of the brands out there now too, they fly really good. Mm-hmm. You know, and just practice with them. You know, buy you a package that you can practice with and see how good they hit with your fill points. And uh, you know, I fletch all my own arrows. I uh, I wait and. I'm so particular about how I want the broadhead to sit in my arrow. Like I'll have a broadhead. That one broadhead is for that specific arrow, the way it sits and leaves the bow and everything. So I'll screw it into the insert. I want it turned a certain way and, and uh, spin check everything. And I mean, does, does it make a difference? It uh, does make a difference. I mean, hundred percent. You know? It makes it, I believe now, that I'm, I'm that not trying to I shoot. I'm not a, trying to shoot out 80 yards, you right. know, like I just went and set up the new VTM while ago. I was like, you know, hey, it looks good through paper. It's good. You know, I'm not trying to shoot 100 yards. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to shoot a deer 30 and in. I think Whitetail needs to be a 30 and in game. But if you get a broadhead that's flying horrible, I mean, at 30 yards, you can be missing by four inches. Right. And that's missing everything you need. So, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Fixed blade. Never nothing any, nothing else. 100 or 125 grain? 100. Yeah. Thought about bumping up to 125 just to get that more weight forward, but my uh, hunting setup is 457 grains, and uh, out of this new bow, I'll go, it's 312 feet per second, so mm. 
100 grains is fine. I switched to, because uh, I lost an elk, and I, I shot it in the I shot it in the front shoulder, like dead mm-hmm. right in the front shoulder. And I was it was 62 yards, farthest shot I've ever taken on an animal. I would never do that on a whitetail. Elk, didn't know yeah, I was yeah. there. Yeah, Big, yeah. elk are slow, man. They don't, yeah. they don't have the fast twitch fiber reflexes yeah. of a whitetail deer. This elk has no clue I'm there. Like 62 yards, that's pushing my range. Yeah. But I was like, I had all day. I was calm, shot, a little bit of wind, and it took it about three inches to the right. And instead of right behind the shoulder, yeah. poof, smacked him right in that shoulder. I was like, I've seen people shoot through an elk shoulder before. Yeah, I don't know at 62 yards, but I was like, you know, I might not ever shoot another animal at 62 yards again, but I'm going to have a setup that's a little heavier Yeah, that maybe would have gotten through that scapula. Yeah. And so I went to a 125. Um, I can't say that's made a difference because I haven't shot another elk since yeah. then. I think that weight forward really helps, you know, mm-hmm. so – so where can people watch uh, Team 200? So Team 200 is on the Pursuit channel. Okay. Um, the new episodes will probably start around like July or so. Uh, they're running some reruns right now. Um, there's also some episodes kind of on YouTube scattered throughout, but also Waypoint TV. Um, you can watch all the episodes on Waypoint TV. But uh, Instagram page is pretty good. Uh, they do a good job with that. And uh, Facebook and all of that, putting – you know, content kind of throughout the year. But there's been some guys shoot some pretty good deer. Uh, one of the guys just shot the Kansas State non-typical record with a muzzle loader this year, uh, Donnie Monroe on the team. Oh, wow. And uh, giant deer, 230. Mm. And uh, so – and then what? what's really cool about the team, we got two uh, traditional guys that use traditional. So uh, I respect recurs. those guys that want yeah. to handicap themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are two brothers, and uh, they are really good at it and killed a lot of big deer. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you you actually started playing around on social media for like last yeah. year. This time you didn't have a page. No. Yeah. Uh, after jumping on the team and getting some sponsors and stuff, it was kind of the – right thing to do yeah and so uh blue line underscore bow hunting is is it and it kind of fits fits me there so that's my personal page yeah but um tarif's a cop for anyone that didn't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so uh yeah it's been cool you know playing with the social media thing my wife kind of showed me the ropes a little bit so i'm uh getting into it and it's it's fun it's something to do absolutely well and people want to see bucks like these man so oh yeah yeah. yeah, and I appreciate you bringing them over here and and jumping on the show and you know as long as you keep killing big deer, we'll just do this every fall. Yeah, well, I hope <laughs> it keeps happening as long as our habitat stays. So yeah, I don't know. It's going away quickly. I'm trying to find a new place in Collin County, but it's tough. Like I said, five grand for twenty acres, and that was three years ago. And I promise you this, uh, Jerry even told me he's like, "You're the tenth guy that's called on me." Yeah. He's like, "I've heard your show on the range on Saturday mornings." I know that you'll take care of it and you'll try to only shoot something mature. He's like, or at least to you, he's like, do you want to come look at it? And I was like, nope, Chad told me where it is. And <laughs> he said it's a good spot. And that was the year after Chad killed that 235. Yeah. I was like, I'll take Chad's word for it. So I didn't even go look. I'm glad I did. And it was a great experience, you know. Yeah. And also it helps that I can, you know, write that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, and that's the thing. I also told my wife, she didn't know about the second payment. I was like, I paid him 2500 and then later. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't tell her about the I second never wrote payment. him that first check. I don't what know you? what you're yeah. talking about. But that's the bad thing, too, is the, the big deer are so in such little secluded areas. 
once the, it's kind of found found out where they are, there's a lot of competition, and it, it becomes a rich man's game, you know. So, mm-hmm. well, I'm not a rich man. That's why to bow out. Yeah, you know? like one season, I and I took my lumps and didn't get my buck, and yeah, you know, there were smaller deer I could have shot, but you you have you you want that experience, and you only have one buck tag in these counties. Yeah, yeah. So there's no way I was going to. I seen a, a really one. funny meme the other day. Somebody said it said at Thanksgiving, and it had all these family members sitting there, and it's like there's the big deer hunter you haven't shot anything yet and i seen a big buck the other day and and it's funny because people are like man why does it take y'all you know three months and you may not i'm like i'm not deer hunting i'm hunting a deer right you know there's a big there's difference. a big big difference and and i think when you start targeting one specific animal you become you have to just become a better hunter that's all there is to it yeah. i've only had so i've only had that experience four times um Big buck I shot in Oklahoma. Big for me, 142, yeah. I got with my bow, eight point. Um, and then this that buck in uh, here in Collin County. Yeah. And then last year there was, two, I don't know, this was outside of Wichita Falls, and I don't have that place anymore, but just randomly we had a 180 in yeah. October. But I wasn't set up for bow hunting because I didn't know he existed. I think I remember you showed yeah. me that picture and stuff of that deer. And then, dude, just he was there for like two weeks, and he was just, Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. It was opening weekend of rifle season. Never saw him again. I don't think he got shot. I was friends with the neighbors purposely. It was like, that's a good thing to do, too, is be friends with your neighbors. Yes. Get on the Talk same about page. stuff. Yeah. And these these ladies were like, dude, because they were we were sharing pictures of other deer, and they were like, Cable, if that deer had been shot, we would all know about it. Yeah. Because it's such an anomaly there. Um, and then there was one. Where's the other... Oh, there was one other deer. Oh, it was the the year that I got kicked off of the. Uh, well, we didn't get kicked off. They sold the <laughs> Oklahoma place that yeah. I was on out from under us. I was deer hunting. Was I was bow hunting? I come to leave, and the locks changed. <laughs> I called the landowner, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I sold the property." I'm like, "Dude, I'm locked s- in the property <laughs> that I didn't know you sold. Like, I can I even be here? Like, yeah. oh, it was a mess, dude. And yeah. the new landowner was like, "Yeah, if you give us all of the money." Which it, that place was nine hundred acres, and we paid like I don't remember eight or nine thousand dollars, something like that, uh, split between four guys. It was a pr- wonderful property, and she's like, "If you give and get all the money, which of course the original owner already had, yeah. so I had to." They they got into a fight right in front of me. This is a crazy story, because he cut the locks to get me out. Yeah, because he still lived on the property. Yeah, and she <laughs> she shows up and she's like, "You're supposed to be off this property, not me." Him. She was like, him. "Yeah." And his, him and his wife still live there, and they had still had 50 horses on the place. <laughs> and she's like, and you cut those locks? And who the hell is this? And she looks at me, and I'm like, I'm th- just the hunter. And she goes, there's hunters here? <laughs> so she's like screaming. She had had his power turned off. I'm witnessing yeah. like this all this drama. And I'm, I hear him call his attorney. Yeah. And he, you know, I made note of his name, and I just called his attorney later that day. And I was like, Hey, um, I'm going to need all of that money back. I know he just sold this property for multi-million dollars. We're going to need our little check back so I can give it to the new landowner. Well, by the time I could get the check, which he agreed, he's like, okay, we'll give it to you. And I said, I want the whole amount because we didn't yeah, even yeah. get to hunt the season. Um, her cousins, you know how Oklahoma is. Yeah. Her cousins found out that they'd bought the place. Dude, we had tree stands go miss- just gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our cameras started disappearing. Well, we had... About a hundred and eighty inch non typical. Who was uh, he? Was only four and a half years old. Yeah, and we were all like, we should pass this deer. We were, we should pass this deer. Well, she said we could finish hunting that week and then give her the check. 
well, we went from we should pass this deer to somebody kill that deer <laughs> ASAP. Only in Oklahoma. Right. And then, and then, but her cousins stole our, her family, I say cousins. I'm sure they were cousins. Stole our, our trail cameras. Yeah. Well, they saw that deer and then I go to give her the check and she's like, no, my family's going to hunt it. Yeah. They're like, we saw the deer. Yeah. Well, you saw it because you stole our stuff. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the thing. It's a, it, it I'm sucks. jealous of people that own their own property, man. Because it's- yeah, but you know, even nowadays, even if you own your own property, if the people because they were pushing that with the gun thing, mm-hmm. you know, the landowner can set what rules they want. They, they don't want gun. But if your neighbors aren't on the same page as you, it's just it. And you can't be that guy that says if I don't shoot it, they're going to shoot it because if you shoot it, for sure it's not going to. Oh, well, you it. definitely you know can't I mean? if you're getting off the property. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're tagging out everything. Right. But yeah, you, you just um. You, you need to have your neighbors in, uh, on board with you, too. So I am not leaving it for Jim Bob's cousin over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, man, I appreciate it again. Uh, I'd say where where are you going to hunt now? But, uh, I mean, you're tagged out. I so. got my eye on some things. Yeah. I got my eye on some things. So we'll see. Right on. Right on. You're going to pick up a gun? Is Team 200 to shoot anything with it? You said uh, the guy shot something with a the muzzle. There is, it? yeah. Uh, a couple of guys have used guns and stuff, but I mean, it's mainly about bow hunting and stuff. But like I said, it's it, the don't let the 200 number that you don't have to have shot a 200 inch deer to, to be on the team or that's what it's about. It's just about the most mature animal. And that's that's what I'm all about mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, last year I killed a deer that was in the 140s and uh, it was the most mature animal that I had in that county at the time and and uh and man i was thrilled to take him so you know it's about mature man, animals. i had and i think i'd sent you a picture of a nice 10 point on that place in benjamin mm-hmm. who was five and a half six and i think he might have been six and a half because i found out later the, the guy that shot him had a lot of history but that deer was showing up at my feeder at between 2 a.m and 4 a.m mm-hmm. every night I was like, he's got to slip up. You know, the rut's coming, the rut's coming. Well, the place is 4,500 acres. I don't, I'm, this is my first year on the place. I'm, I'm friendly with a couple of the guys. I haven't even met a couple of the guys. And the one that I become friends with who was out there every time I was out there, hell of a nice guy. Uh, he ended up, he shot that deer. Yeah. He, he texted me. He goes, and my son and I are in the blind, you know, we're rifle hunting. And if a mature eight came out, that's like our management buck. Yeah. Anything over eight points. We try to shoot four and a half years or older. Um, management buck would be in anything that's eight point above that is your trophy. And uh, I go, well, Henry, we're not shooting that 10 point. <laughs> Here he is. Here's a picture of him. Dude, that was on the other side of the 4,500 acres. So that deer was living closer to yeah. his setup. And then he was just meandering over to mine in the middle of the night. So he had getting pictures of him every day. And he'd actually had that deer um, in bow range a couple times in October and had a three year history with the deer. And we, and you know, this has happened before, like deer that we were hunting got shot. Yeah. My son gets upset. I'm like, dude, this, this is just the way it goes. So when we get there, when we get back to camp and that deer's hanging up, you're going to walk up to him and you're going to shake his hand and tell him congrats on the buck. And we're going to be happy for him. Yeah. And like, there was a time when I was a younger man where I'm like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Dude, those days are so gone. Like I, I'm, I'm happy for people Yeah, when they, when they get a nice deer uh, especially I would rather somebody shoot it and shoot it legally in the right way than it get ran over because when you were saying that I had a big 14 typical 14 point with two drops coming off each side mm-hmm. have pictures of him I mean I'm on him I feel like I'm about to get him I'm sitting in the stand buddy 
calls me, I ignore the call, calls again, I ignore the call, calls again, I'm like, okay, he needs something. Hey, you still hunting that 14 point with the double drops? Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here looking at him on the side of the road. He's ran over. <laughs> and so me, I get all mad, leave, think nothing. I'm not hunting this property. There's nothing here for me to kill. I'm scouting another property. Camera goes off. I look and I have a 190 inch deer at another stand on that property, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, so and anything can happen, but, but yeah, I mean, I would be thrilled for somebody to take it, then it get ran over or something right. and just, you know. I think I'll leave it like this. Deer hunting is competitive, even yes. among lease mates. But you know what? When somebody shoots the deer, all that needs to go out the window. Yeah. And you just need to be happy for the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was more surprised. I was like, damn it, I didn't even know that's so far away. I didn't even think that deer would be over there. Yeah. It's a big property. Yeah. It needs but. to be about camaraderie and... and uh, oh, hell yeah. And uh, I mean, just we got to stick together, you know, mm -hmm. so... Mm -hmm. absolutely well man thanks again for the time i appreciate it always cable thanks so there he goes tarif alkatib i tell you he knows a thing or two about mature whitetail deer uh no denying that uh that segment brought to you by big and j whitetail attractants and rustic reminders taxidermy um just looking at the clock we got to go got to get out of here thanks to tarif for being here for the duration of today's show Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a Merry Christmas and a great week in the outdoors. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white. But I have a blue.